thank you for coming to the home show. You know, I could try to spice it up and make it sound all radio-ish, but I'm just happy that you gave us an opportunity. If you're someone looking to educate yourself so that you can purchase a home for you and your family, this is the place. Sit back, take some notes, and enjoy the show. If you don't mind, go ahead and read that definition on the on the screen there. Yes, sir. Uh, capacity refers to a borrower's ability to make their mortgage payments on time and in full. Simply stated, and it's just that easy, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be more difficult than that. A lot of times, Tev, uh, people think of capacity as income, and it is that. It's income, it's the credit piece, as well as the debts, right? Yes, sir. And the reason that's important, right, We'll say this, guys, when you're applying for a mortgage loan, right, here's the question. Why is it important for you as a borrower to provide accurate and detailed information, right, about your income and expenses? And it's so that we can determine what your capacity, the ability that you have to not only get into this home, but to maintain it. You know what I'm saying, Tab? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. After everything that happened in 2008, we uh, the ability to repay became one of the primary focuses in the mortgage industry and the safe act and things of that nature. So we need documentation that we talk about every single week uh, to verify the fact that you can repay and maintain, like Rob said, your mortgage. Exactly. And and for those of you all that was not able to listen to last week's show, I would admonish you to uh subscribe to whatever podcast player that you like to listen to, or if you're watching via video, right? Subscribe to the channel and avail yourself to the credit portion of the three C's that Mr. Goggins broke down excellently last week so that you can follow along with us and you're not missing any steps because really that's the first step. And this capacity piece also plays a part, right? So with that being said, one of the major things, and you know this, Tevin. So, you know, interrupt me when you want to uh, add to the conversation. But one of the major ratios or tools that we use as lenders is what we would call the debt to income ratio. Right. And and simply stated, you know, debt to income ratio is where we compare. Right. Your debt to your overall income. OK. Right where we would take your monthly debts, divide that into your gross monthly income and come up with a ratio. And so I don't know about you, Tevin, but is that one of the sticking points, the sticky points when you're dealing with folks? So I, what I've learned is, is that's a very, it's, a, it's educational because mm-hmm. fundamentally uh, a lot of borrowers don't understand what that means. They think we're looking at things like their utility bills, uh, maybe their car insurance, things of that nature. Uh, but in reality, we're looking at things that we're going to see on your credit report. So mm-hmm. installment payments, student loans, credit cards, things of that nature. And that's what's going to become the debt portion of that debt to income. Uh, the other part of it is that we're using your gross income, not your net. So we're not taking out taxes. Uh, so we do our best to get you qualified for the most amount possible for the home. Um, and that's, like I said, two key factors that I've learned that I've I've had to drive the point home to the borrowers that we're not looking at net and we're also not a, uh, I'm sorry, I got some, got some background noise. Not looking good? at net income and we're uh, also not looking at all of the expenses that you may have. 
No, that's an excellent point, man. And I want to camp out there just for a moment because in 2023, right, April, inflation or affordability is a, is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, potato chips, bread, everything is up. Right, right, <laughs> you, right. you feel me? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is why we want to talk about the beginning stages. Again, we dealt with credit. Go back and listen to that last week. We're dealing with capacity, which involves or is inclusive of credit. Mm -hmm. But you said a couple of things. Most people think we're talking about utility bills, right? Uh, What 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 other liabilities or bills people might have on a monthly basis that might not show up in our debt to income ratio? Can you think of some Uh, phone bill? uh, That's another one we get a lot. Your phone bill. Uh, Like I said, I'm always touching on utilities. Um, Internet. Internet, right, right, yeah, right. And, and, and those are could be significant bills, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason I'm saying that, guys, is when you hear folks like us come on, obviously we we're trying to educate you to help you make the best decision that you can make because we are both from the school and we are both owners, mm-hmm. right? And we know and understand the power and the benefit of owning, but it, it's cost are up, they're up. So in you understanding what you can afford, you don't live on your gross. I said all that to say that, Tim. You don't live on your gross. I was going to tell you, look, I want to be devil's advocate before we move forward. Yeah. Um, We're not going to look at that budget. We're just going to say based on the guidelines and based on the income that we can qualify and based on the debts that we see on your credit report, this is what we qualify for. Right. You do not have to max out that, that purchase price uh, if you know that that mortgage that will come from it is not going to be something you can afford. And that's the conversation you should have with your loan officer. And, and you know, and I would say just right now, you should max it out. Uh, and that might, that might surprise you. And, and that might cause you to have to widen your search as far as where you live mm-hmm. to get a, a lower purchase price. If you're in our primary markets, one of the benefits that you have that you may not know you have is affordability in the South is tremendously lower than in high cost areas. That's why we're seeing the influx of all these people coming to our cities and states and things of that nature. And if some of us don't wake up, we're going to miss out. You know what I'm saying, Tab? Oh, yeah. We talked about last week about how uh, we had a bunch of people coming in from, you know, let's say, California, right. Florida, New York. Uh, because they understand they're yeah. in high cost areas. Uh, they're moving into the outskirts of these big cities um, and they're, they're finding homes that are, you know, well worth the money. Exactly. And, and to them, again, price inflation cost is relative. So from where they're coming from, this looks like a layup, right? Right. So right. as we're moving forward as a general rule, okay. you mentioned the ability to repay. One of the things that came uh, via the SAFE Act, Dodd-Frank, some of the things that were put in place, because in 05 through 08, it was the way, if you had a pulse, you could get a loan. (laughs) And they were lying and buying three, four, five, six, seven homes. Mm. And that's why we had the, the issue that we had because they were more speculators than they were actually homeowners, right? And the inventory was so high. Uh, not going to get on that rabbit trail, but we're not experiencing that now. But to that point, 43% is, is, is a safe zone. And I'm talking about your back end ratio. Why don't you explain that? Tell we got two ratios. We got a front end and a back end. What would you say the front end should be? 
So the front end, like we wanted to normally want that to be less than 30 percent. Twenty nine is kind of that peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ratio essentially is the, your your expenses. Right. Uh, before we talk about the uh, principal interest and taxes and insurance portion of your mortgage, the back end is everything we talked about on the front end, your expenses, plus the perceived mortgage or the proposed mortgage that you could qualify for as well. Exactly. And, and depending on where you are, because we live nationwide, each state is different. And I'll use Texas. It's We don't have state income tax, but Caesar gets his money through the property taxes. Oh, and yeah. over the last two years, there's been a 40, 45% run up in appreciation. So mm-hmm. tax valuations are higher. Right. So like you said, to your point, the back end ratio, not only the liabilities that we're going to look at that are on your credit report, not your lights, water, cable, cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the proposed mortgage payment, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. We got to right. keep saying that, man. I talked to two people today and they talking to me about a principal and interest payment. Come on, bro. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> yeah. So you got to take those things and then divide that into your gross income. So here's an example for those that might be watching the video show. And guys, if you're not watching video, some of you guys might be a, a podcast listener. You know, I listen to Apple iTunes and things of that nature. If you ever want to get the, the extra of the show, Come on over to YouTube, man, so you can see the uh, uh, the Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> we call him the Black. I call him the Black Panther, right? Uh, oh, man, but come on, Rob. here's an here's an example of how you can look at that back end ratio at forty three percent. Say you're making ten thousand dollars gross, right? Mm-hmm. So all of your liabilities, not the stuff that's not on the credit report. We're just looking at the stuff that's on the credit report and the proposed house payment in this example couldn't exceed $4,300. Make sense? Yes, sir. Absolutely. But as we're saying, this is my Dave Ramsey moment. Guys, don't let somebody talk you into something because I'm not going to help you pay for it. <laughs> right. You, you see what I'm saying? Right. And and I did a video a couple of weeks ago talking about millennials and buyer's remorse, Tev. Mm-hmm. And, and that was one of the re- things that they were talking about, you know, the payment and things of that nature. So again, that's why we're here today talking about capacity and debt to income ratios. What say you, man? Yeah, Rob, I here lately I've been uh working with younger borrowers mm-hmm. and uh because I'm a, I'm a millennial and they're, you know, Gen Gen X, uh, I'm a little bit older than them and they're they're giving me the opportunity to to guide them and consult more. So mm-hmm. when we have the conversations like, "Hey, you've been approved for a 290," but then they talk about how their budget's tight and I say, "Hey, look, this is what this this type of uh mortgage or a full amount is going to bring as a mortgage." Are you comfortable with this? Because if you're not, then we don't need to go look at 290. That's just what you qualify for per the guidelines of FHA or, or conventional, whatever the loan product may be. So when we talk more about, hey, this is where I want to be comfortably, and we consider down payment assets, things of that nature, then we can reverse engineer it and say, hey, based on what you're telling me, based on where interest rates are right now, you need to look at something more like 215 to be comfortable. And then that's a conversation we're having up front to bypass a lot of frustration on the back end of the process. So guys, see, this is the importance. And this is one of the major tools that we use as lenders, right? It's your ability to pay on time, every time for the term of the loan. Mm -hmm. But with everything you're saying, Tev, and some of these younger borrowers that you're speaking with, let me ask you this. Did you kind of get a a gasp or some silence when they went from 290 to 215? Every single time. And they talk about how... 
they think the 215 homes are crack houses. Like, they don't want them. They, they never want them. And I'm like, well, that's how much you said you wanted to pay. I'm trying to help. I mean, they right. Uh, right. So, yeah. They, right. they ain't up compromising. They ain't up at 230 somewhere and overpaying a little bit. <laughs> well, but, and that's good, man. And, and shout out to you and all of us that are out here really educating the community because, again, just two times a day, man, you know, and these folks sound like they've been doing some education and things online. And taxes and insurance was nowhere in that. They, they was just like, I told them something brand new today, you know? So uh, capacity is very important. Now watch this, guys. Second thing we want to talk about. Lenders, we as lenders consider other factors when evaluating your capacity, such as stability and reliability of your income, the employment history, and as we've alluded to a couple of times, your credit and your credit history. Again, today we're dealing with income, but talk to us, Tev, about stability and reliability of income, especially in the times that we're in now. It's such a big deal. Um, if you have someone that's bouncing around from job to job, it's, it's a bunch of negative impacts of that. It's an eyesore as a, as a lender, of course. Uh, but also, we don't, we're not able to maximize your income capacity because you don't have access to things like overtime mm. or commissionable income if you're a sales consultant things of that nature so we're not maxing out the amount of money that you could use for your buying power when you're not stable in that job and by stability we're talking about two years uh, all things essentially run to a two-year time frame uh when you're talking about lending so uh that's also i'm, I'm going back to seasonal things like holiday pay things of that nature mm-hmm. all the different uh you know bonuses and it has to have happened consistently over a duration of time before we can qualify. So uh, it's extremely important that you have stable and reliable income that we can qualify so that you can maximize your purchase power. I love what you said. So the takeaway guys that you need to have is this base pay that you're golden there. And I don't want you to be fearful of this fact. You don't have to be on the same job for two years. And you can have had other employment within a two-year period, mm-hmm. right? That's not what, what we're saying. But what we're saying is, uh, what Tevin said is to maximize bonus, overtime, commission. Uh, we can't use per diem anyway. That's what I'm traveling nurses and stuff. But <laughs> all those types of incomes must be averaged, as he said, over a two-year period. Moreover, we're going to take the worst case scenario. We're going to average over two. Look at your year to date. Sounds like a profit and loss, right? right. And, and underwriting is always going to take the most conservative stance. Mm-hmm. So this is another reason to reach out and to go through this process as soon as you know you want to buy and get with someone like Mr. Goggins or myself that's going to take you through the process so that you can plan like he was alluding to with uh, the, the example that he gave just a moment ago. And, you know, you can adjust your expectations accordingly. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect. Uh, we You set out with a plan, like you always say, 10,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. And as you gather more information, you can then get more precise with the actual approach and the execution of that plan. And like you said, we'd like to be a perfect uh, a part of that process. There you go. There you go. Ted, what kind of incomes have you dealt with, man, in your career thus far? Uh, does, does that question make sense to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, W-2 uh, is my favorite because, quite honestly, it's the easiest. Uh, I've seen uh, self-employed borrowers, 1099. Uh, we've also seen uh, 
people that had, you know, their own businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've seen some retirement, but not enough for, um, you know, for me to be able to qualify. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've seen, a, 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 you know, a plethora of the income options out there. Love it. Love it. We and, you know, why do you love W2 income? Let me ask you that. It's the easiest to qualify. Uh, <laughs> why is it e the easiest? Because, like you said, if it's a base, uh, either we're going to look at an hourly at a 40 hour work week uh, or we're looking at a salary and then, you know, justifying that salary based over that duration of time. So uh, salary W2 employees, really simple to go by because there, there's not a lot of fluctuation or uh, differences in the types of way they make their income. Right. Uh, so you don't have to worry about uh, all the different calculations to, to qualify uh, per the guidelines. And coming from an underwriter, this is what we're looking at. As he said, the two years, right? That's a check mark. But if I have two years, then I can assume that you'll be making it for the next three years. Yes, sir. That's yes, the sir. test. So I need two to assume three. Mm -hmm. And the more conservative I can approve you, the better. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. Uh, what, if any, and, and if you don't have one, you don't have one. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but do you know of a way that someone that's making W-2 income, how they can potentially increase that income? Attention, Texas home buyers! Did you know that the Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation, also known as TSHAC, has several down payment assistance options available to you? These programs are designed to help make home ownership more accessible, and yet they are often underutilized. You don't even have to be a first time home buyer. Don't let the lack of a down payment and or closing cost funds hold you back any longer from realizing your dreams of homeownership. Schedule a consultation today and learn more about these great resources and start your journey to home ownership. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know that offhand, Rob. Enlighten okay. me, please. Okay, you know it, but I'm going to throw it. I throw it up, you're going to be like, dang. Here's, oh, yeah. a, here's a great way. Oh, yeah, I know you knew it. It's all yeah. good. Mortgage credit certificates. Right. Right. Now, who can qualify for a mortgage credit certificates? First of all, this is a government program. The IRS has been around for years. OK. And different counties or states issue these things to help first time homebuyers. Mm -hmm. So that's the answer. You have to be a first time homebuyer. What's the definition of first time homebuyer? I uh, have not purchased in the prior three years or have not purchased before. Have not owned or had ownership interest in the most recent three years. Yes, sir. right. So, see, guys, there's a reason why we ask for these documents when we ask for them, right? Because we're trying to see if we can get you a mortgage credit certificate. But the one that we use here in Texas that I use a lot of T Shack mm -hmm. mortgage credit certificate. That certificate will allow someone to get up to twenty percent of the mortgage interest based upon whatever the interest rate is, and that twenty percent once once we annualize it. Mm -hmm. One twelfth it, I can actually use that money to help somebody qualify with. Wow, that's powerful. Powerful, right? Using using the bank's money to benefit you for right? a change. OPM, they love OPM, right? Right, right. A a another way, people, and this is a little more controversial, and and you really need to get with your HR department or accounting. But for folks that get large income tax returns, mm -hmm. if you're paying federal taxes. What's happening is you're giving the government a big old loan, interest-free. Mm -hmm. 
So especially, and this is even if you're not buying a home, again, you want to make sure you understand what your tax brackets are. But if you're getting back seven, eight, nine thousand dollars and it's because they're taking it out of your check, well, you can give yourself a raise by mm -hmm. adjusting your allowances. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yes, sir. It's my favorite one. Yeah. See, from the old financial planner. So oh, look, I, man, I, I, I I'm not lying on that, right? I sell cars nowadays, man. You get you, you get you a good month. I need all that, buddy. Let look, me go have some. Let me go have some kids real quick. Look, you know all of the uh, what they call them, the plays. Oh, that's the play, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, and then you mentioned uh, business for self. Ten ninety nine. I like to break it up, right? Mm -hmm. So we got our ten ninety nine or non employable commissions or compensation, whatever they call it, NECs. But a lot of you guys, you got to be real careful, right? Dealing with capacity because if you're in a business, a lot of folks have businesses and if more than 25% of your income is derived from that business, that's another reason you got to come and see us because that's a got you. Mm -hmm. And then you're showing a $100,000 loss. We got to take that loss out your W-2 income. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Because that could be that could be a got you. It looks like you had one of those, man. From, from oh, it happens, man. Um, I had a bar in the past. She 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 got slick. Yeah. And uh, like she she wrote a bunch of stuff off to try to get away from Uncle Sam. And yeah. She it was oh I'm a I'm a W two employee and I was like well I see all this schedule stuff over here. Yeah. I look too good. And yeah she she basically uh, she paid them to work. That's what she did. She played herself. Yeah. <laughs> she played herself. Right. So needless to say she didn't buy a house. There you go. Uh -oh. There you go. So you got to watch the percentage of income, right? Mm -hmm. And then, then we have what I call the business business people, right? Had a deal uh, out of Cali, real big deal. You know, in California, as an aside, guys, California, if you're dealing with lenders out of California, their, their rates are always going to be lower. This is why. Because their average purchase price is $600,000. Way up there. Right? <laughs> Where our average purchase price might be two fifty. dollars mm -hmm. So we're all in business to make a profit. So that's just an aside. OK, but uh, this this these folks went to a builder, Tev, and they had C-Corp. They were they were doing big business. Oh, yeah. And I mean, all of the, everything was it was beautiful, man. I must be a nerd because I saw them tax returns, man. I got excited. Right. 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 <laughs> and they weren't lying. They were real. <laughs> You're, they had the car with the lease. Anyway, right. I was able to get that loan because the person sitting at the builder's office, you know, suited and booted and all that. All they knew how to do was a uh, W-2 income. Oh, yeah. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the point I'm trying to make is there's levels and there's benefits with W. I mean, with this types of business income, because there's things that we could potentially add back in. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of nuance to different type of businesses. So our income. So we're showing you income and different potential income increases to help you with your capacity when you're qualifying make sense oh yes sir yes sir that's that's high level there that's high level loan originating uh, when you're talking about getting those uh c corps and things of that nature oh yeah yeah and that's what we do man because you you mentioned it earlier just the consultation that you have with those younger folks that's financial planning right mm -hmm. we're, we're not just in this trying to help you get into something because we know you have to be able to maintain because inflation costs up that's a real thing right. it's a real thing so uh, last income, I guess I'll hit, man, um, just real quick, rental income. You guys have to watch rental mm. income, okay? Uh, because most people that have Schedule E's, I'm seeing losses. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's perfectly fine, but that bodes to why you need to plan with your lending partner before you go and buy so that we can find these potential gotchas. Okay. Uh, right. But if you're vacating a property, Ted, right? Mm-hmm. Say you get ready to leave your property. Can I use, can I use uh, vacating rent to wash the payment from your mortgage if you're going to keep it so that it doesn't hit your debt to income ratio? Yes, you can. Uh, you can, right, right. Yes, you wow. can. Okay. Right, right. So that's where, that's how you can use that type of income, right? And mm-hmm. then investment income, if you have any of these, you know, 1099 interest, dividend, or uh, uh, B is for, uh, what is B for? Uh, capital gains. There it is. Okay. B is for capital gains. And then you got your retirement income, stuff that you could gross up, right? right. What are some other things that we could gross up other than retirement income? Uh, disability income. I'm, I'm in the midst of it right now. I have mm-hmm. a, a veteran. Uh, who's uh, been permanently disabled from the uh, military, mm-hmm. and uh, we can use a one hundred and twenty-five percent of the amount that they've awarded him uh, with proper documentation, of course. And that that's really important too. Another thing too, and I know you know this, Tev, but if you are a quali- if you obviously can use your certificate of eligibility to do a VA loan, mm-hmm. and you live within a certain radius of a base, you can also add some additional money because the concept is you could go on base and shop. Because it's tax free. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. grossing up that taxable income, uh, alimony, child support. Right. These things can be grossed up. Uh, I used to deal a lot with folks that had uh, foster children, mm-hmm. you know, the Social Security and things of that nature. What's the test for that? If you have a child for child support or any type of income that you're getting for a minor, mm-hmm. how old, how long do they get that income to what age? Uh, they get it to 18. So you have to get it at 15 so they can get it for three years into the future. There you go. See, that? there's that three years into the future thing, right? So these are just some of the ways, guys, that lenders look at capacity coupled with the credit, right, to help determine a ratio, debt to income ratio, ultimately to decide if you are a good risk to lend this money to hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> right? To show that you have the ability to pay. What's on you, in my opinion, and, and Teb, I'm gonna just take over today because you I let you shine last week. You was out here looking like man, new money. I'm all good, man. I, I'm all good. <laughs> yeah, Shaq, you be cool. Yeah, you you was looking like new money last week. I was I was <laughs> assisting. Uh let me get some. So uh okay. uh what I was saying is is uh the debt to income ratio is very, very, very important, but that can make or break a deal. What we're both seeing just here recently is there's a contraction going on in approvals, right? Some approvals that were happening like this six months ago, we're starting to see the tightening up with higher debt to income ratios, right? So these are some of the things that you can do that's outside of you going and getting another job <laughs> or a side business. I know some of y'all are gonna cuss me out when I say, I got to do some more work. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. may have to, but right. if you don't want to do that, uh, Tevin mentioned last week, the B word. Okay, most of these jobs, Tevin, that we see are the headlines that we see with these corporations. What are they doing with employees right now? Uh, you got me. You got me like a deer in the headlights right now, man. Uh, like some of these tech jobs in the news, like this company is doing what with seven thousand employees? Oh, they letting them go, <laughs> laying them off, laying right? them off. Yeah, because that the bit, the best, the easiest way to increase the bottom line is cut your what? 
expenses, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. the bank statement, some of the, the subscriptions and things of that nature, because if home ownership is really what you want to do and you understand the power of it, now is really the best time in my professional opinion, because a lot of folks are afraid, okay, which is going to allow for opportunity. But just here last week, uh, Kay Schiller and some of the reports that I read, we're starting to see a run on these homes yet again, even with the higher rates, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a shortage of inventory. Right. So all more the reason to understand and get your debt to income ratios in line while you can. You got anything you want to add to that, man? Uh, we talked about debt to income a couple of times. I just want to point one thing out that I think is important. Uh, there are multiple products. Of course, we, 43% is the ideal range where you want to be so you can qualify for almost all of them. Uh, but with FHA, which is the product that I'm the most familiar with and that a lot of my cohort is using, um, you can go up to sometimes 55 and a half percent. So that gives you more buying power within the product. Uh, and it also is just more flexibility with FHA. So if for whatever reason, FHA has a little bit better interest rate uh, than conventional at the time, and it makes more sense, then if you're at 43 percent, then you can qualify for you know most of those different products, uh, given some of the other uh, criteria as well. Obviously, credit and some other things, but fifty five and a half percent is where you can go with FHA with most products. And like I said, if you're at forty three percent, it gives you a good chance to get almost everything. Well said. I'm glad you brought that point up because I don't want folks to think that's the case because because everything is up, you very well may have to go a little higher, right? Mm-hmm. So excellent point. Uh, with that FHA uh, debt to income ratio on the back end. Excellent mm-hmm. point. So, you know what, Tim? I, I think we we, we kind of hit it on the head. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Like I said, it, it builds perfectly on what happened last week with credit. Uh, once you combine credit income and the other capacities, I mean, you're putting yourself uh, really more than halfway through the buying process and uh, being able to get your residential mortgage. There it is, guys. So just a recap or just a a summary, if you will. So your income, expenses and debts, coupled with your credit score and history, those things determine your repayment capability or capacity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so by taking some of the steps that we mentioned or maybe, you know, of some that we didn't mention, if that's the case, put it in the comment section because we all learn together. Right. But if if you can implement anything that we've uh, mentioned today. You should be okay when applying for your dream home, right? Yes, so, so with that, we want to say thank you for listening to the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope you found this information helpful and uh, join us next week, right? On our next episode, when we discuss the final C in the triangle, right? We run into the Bulls, <laughs> 1995, uh, right, offense, man. <laughs> the triangle, right? We, we, yeah. we, we hit credit. Mm-hmm. We, we knocked our capacity today. Next week, we're going to deal with that collateral. Mm-hmm. So, Lord willing, next week, 7 p.m. CST, the home show. Tevin, I'm going to let you sign us out, my brother. Look, we always thank you guys for your time. Um, as Rob always says, let us let grace abound. We thank you for your time, and we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs> Y'all be blessed. <laughs>